since on this day the Lord has acted, we will rejoice and be glad in it. We read Psalm 65 and one of the lines in that poem says simply, the river of God is full of water. And I have a very distinct memory, but I don't, but it's, I don't remember exactly where we were and when it was. <clears throat> but I remember Ann Prince reading that and stating it. The river of God is full of water and she understood what that meant. The generosity of God, the abundance of God. So I want us to think about that and of a liturgy of generosity. So there's basically uh, three concepts or three ideas that I hope that we remember about the river of God being full of water. One is that God, our perfect, over-the-top, generous Father in heaven, the creator of all that exists, is more than adequate to provide for each and every need that is necessary for life to flourish and thrive. The second one is just simply, we have won the lottery. We are most blessed. And the third is, because of God's blessing and His provision, we are able to be generous as well. That is with our money, with our time, and most of all, with our hearts. So God is more than adequate to provide for each and every need that is necessary for life to flourish and thrive. In the Old Testament reading from Isaiah chapter 55, a portion of that that Brian read goes, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon that he may have compassion on him because God is a God who will abundantly pardon for my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are your ways my ways declares the Lord for as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts Obviously, we being finite beings will never and can never understand all that God is. But we can know the kind of God that He is. And He is a God who is compassionate, who abundantly pardons, who is the, is the source of all truth and beauty and goodness. He is transcendent in the, in the idea that there's no end to his presence, to his power, to his provision. And Romans 11:33 says, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments. How inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of God, or who has been his counselor, or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? Romans 11. For from him and through him and to him are all things. 
to him be glory forever. Amen. I love it in Paul's letters when he's stating these doctrinal truths, these prepositions, and then suddenly he just busts into praise and doxology. He just it's like the spirit he can't contain the spirit anymore. He just has to give praise to God. God is not only transcendent, he is imminent. He is with us. In Romans 8:11 it says, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you he, raised, he who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you I can't imagine where there would be anything lacking when we we, have, we serve a God who has no limit to his riches and wisdom and knowledge who's compassionate and quick to pardon and yet is not only the one the source of all the entire universe but he knows us by name and he even lives comes and, and dwells within us each believer who accepts Jesus is the Son of God. The, going back to the Old Testament reading in Isaiah 55, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, <laughs> just as we see, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth, it shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in a thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing and all the trees of the fields shall clap their hands. This is the prophet's Isaiah way of conveying to us the certainty of the Word of God that we that the Word of God will accomplish its purpose according to God's purpose for which he sent it and that all of creation exists because of his word and is constantly giving glory to him Yes, God is more than adequate to provide for each and every need. It's necessary for our lives to flourish and thrive. God's word is both an example of his great generosity and of his great power. And it behooves us to put our trust wholly in his word and to seek for greater understanding and the ability to trust him more for us for the, for the spirit that dwells in us to expose those areas of our life that we still insist on having control of ourselves because of a lack of trust. That's why I say we have won the lottery. Jesus pretty much told the disciples this. Matthew chapter 13 in, the pas in between the two passages that the, the gospel reading left skipped over some verses. In that section, the disciples came to him and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, 
to you and that's to us as believers to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven but to them it has not been given for the one who has more will be given and he will have an abundance but from the one who has not even what he has will be taken away this is why I speak to them in parables because seeing they do not see hearing they do not hear nor do they understand but blessed are your eyes for you won the lottery you have everything needed you bless your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear for truly I say to you many prophets many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and they didn't see it they wanted to hear the word that we've heard they sought for it they longed they knew there was something more they didn't get to hear it, but we do and we have In Matthew 13, he went from three whistle blows to five today. In Matthew 13, blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous men long to see what you see and did not see it. To hear what you hear and did not hear it. We are truly blessed. I found this quote uh, from a current day theologian. I guess he's, as best I can tell, he's still alive. He just published an article about the pandemic virus, so he must be. I don't know how, how old he is, but Walter Brueggemann. He's, he's an old guy but he said and I, when I quote somebody it doesn't matter who it is you know don't, don't assume that I'm going to agree with everything that they've taught and written and I don't really know uh, much about this theologian but it, uh, this one article that I read today was, was uh, this, it seemed to agree with the spirit in me and anyway he defined blessing blessing is the force of well-being active in the world blessing is the force of well-being active in the world and faith is the awareness that creation is the gift that keeps on giving and he goes on to talk about how the scriptures describe the contest between a liturgy of generosity and the myth of scarcity a contest that, that still tears us apart today and what that means is when we hear that there may be a shortage of food or toilet paper or whatever our first instinct is to run to the store and get some so to try to ensure that 
we're not going to run out that we'll have what we need and that that is a manifestation of a belief based upon a worldview of scarcity that there's not enough that, that God's creation does not provide enough to meet the need of every person and we can see plenty of current day examples and all through history where entire cultures live in deep poverty but it, in my heart I don't believe it's because of the lack of the earth's ability to provide it's because of the corruption of man and greed that has caused those situations to exist even in our country today and so I think the the Christian view the scriptural view of, of the creator and the creation is is a, a view of generosity a view of abundance and not a view of scarcity God is more than adequate to provide for each and every need. It is necessary for life to flourish and thrive. We have won the lottery. Because of God's blessing and his provision, we are able to be generous as well with our money, time, and our hearts. Even as I read that verse in Matthew, where Jesus said, explaining why he taught in parables he made this statement that to you it has been given to hear and to understand to see you have eyes and you see but others have eyes and they don't see and they have ears but they don't understand and he says what little they have will be taken away and given to those who have much and I've mentioned this before in past sermons it's just it's a concept that I still can't remember reading any commentary on it or hearing it taught on and I know we have to be careful because we can never use we can't pull verses like that out of context and use them to excuse our self-centeredness or our lack of generosity or our lack of compassion and obviously that's not what Jesus is teaching but it's still I think he's stating a truth a principle that is in the kingdom of God and I, the best idea I can come up with is it involves timing it's like here and now in the day and hour in which we live there's some of us who have won the lottery and there are others who haven't who haven't seen the truth who haven't understood who are outside the greatest blessing of God although they live and exist on the earth so they're still in under his blessing if they have life um, but at least in five different chapters that's that idea is restated and and the other instances it seems to be economically applied and then do and with material goods and money but in this case it's obviously a spiritual principle and he's talking about spiritual truth and spiritual wealth <clears throat> but it, the idea of us thinking about Jesus taking the little that someone has no matter what arena it's in taking away the little bit it's like 
it's like when the prophet Nathan came to David and said he he said I had this dream and and this uh, you know this guy in your kingdom uh, his his sheep died so he went to his neighbor who only had one sheep and took that sheep and David said who is he I'll kill him and Nathan said it's you he was exposing his sin with Bathsheba so this whole concept seems so contrary to gospel, to the gospel as we understand it and yet it's there in black and white so my struggling with it and this challenging truth is just to think that well I have to trust him that it's about timing that in this present time you know there are some who are being used now to pro to further the kingdom of God and there are others who may only come to know the truth at some point down the road so that's the, the best I can do with it <clears throat> as a side note which I couldn't really get it fit into my sermon but maybe it does it's a really interesting quote from T.S. Eliot he wrote in 1940 the general ethos of the people they have the general ethos of, of the people they have to govern determines the behavior of the politicians that's, re that's worded really difficult but what he's saying is it's the ethos it's the ethos is the beliefs the paradigms of the worldview the world worldview of a country determines the behavior of the politicians of the country that, that makes it hard to be critical of the politicians doesn't it but uh, there you go so anyway uh, um, the river of God is full of water there's no shortage in the kingdom of heaven there's no drought there's no uh, famine God who is our perfect and over the top generous Father in heaven the one who created all that is he is more than adequate to provide for each and every need that is necessary for our life to flourish and thrive believing this having heard this and trusting in it simply means that we have won the lottery and because of that because of God's blessing and because of his faithfulness and his provision we can be generous as well with our money and our time and our hearts amen let's stand together and proclaim our common faith in the Nicene Creed